Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? This is Jake with Radio Underland covering the top. Well, what I find is possibly the top news. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. You're listening to Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran, but covered by Sarah Nimitz and on the drums, the Pocket Queen. If you don't follow her on Instagram, the Pocket Queen, she's a phenomenal drummer. Yeah, back in the day, I used to play drums, so I pay attention to a lot of these drummers. Anyways, in the news, what all do we have going on? We have Elon Musk that wants to uh, fight Putin over the Ukraine. Yeah, that's a little interesting. And then we have Mike Tyson cannabis, which is uh, shaped like an ear in reference to his uh, biting of Evander Holyfield's ear way back in the day. You've got Kanye that is now going after uh, uh, Noah. Oh, what's uh, Trevor Noah. And you also have Kanye West worried that Pete Davidson is going to get Kim hooked on drugs. You have, uh, oh, this is a good one. The Russian model that criticized Putin was found dead uh, in a suitcase. I'm sure that was natural causes. Yeah, we'll get to that one. A Senate votes to unanimously to make daylight savings time permanent. Uh, let's see. One of the states. No, no, this was Denmark, I believe. Hold on. This, yeah, Denmark uh, poses a new bill in their government that they won't sell cigarettes to anyone born after 2010. There's a new GBC's book. That's right. I said GBC's. We'll go into that. Uh, and then there's two stories of the LAPD and the California Highway Patrol. One of the, the first story is LAPD tackling a, an adult that was carrying a 10-month-old baby and fracturing the baby's skull. And the second story, now this happened way before all the uproar that we had. And it was another guy that had the CHP on his back trying to draw blood, saying he can't breathe. And in two minutes, he was lifeless. And they, it was another guy that was killed, basically, by a knee to the back. This was way before George Floyd. But the video for this was just released here in the last, I believe, 48 hours. You got Vladimir Zelensky talking to the uh, leaders of the free world in English. We have that clip. What else do we have? Oh, yeah. Oil prices are crashing down off that peak, but the gas prices are still up. Why is that? I want to know. And uh, yeah, so we're going to cover all that and more. So let's start with the first story off the top. Let me get Scary Pockets here to calm down. Follow Scary Pockets on uh, uh, YouTube. Well, Elon Musk apparently thinks that uh, World War III is nothing more than a joke because what does he want to do? He wants to fight Putin. Elon Musk, the Tesla and SpaceX CEO, doubled down on his challenge to fight Russian President Vladimir Putin, saying he'd fight the Russian dictator with his left hand. Musk tweeted in response to an apparent post from the Chechen leader Ramzan Kadyrov. Kadyrov, a Putin loyalist, posted a long Telegram post in which he insulted Musk by calling him Ilana Musk and argued that Russian president would beat the hell out of Musk. So you need to go to the gym and get stronger to turn yourself from a tender Ilana into a brutal Elon, he said. Musk then changed his Twitter display name to Ilana Musk. <laughs> uh, the Chechen leader also mockingly suggested three places for Musk to train in Chechnya, including the Russian University of Spetsnaz, a special forces training school, 
Akmat Martial Arts School and the Chechen State Broadcasting Company. Elon Musk, I suggest you do not challenge Putin. You're in two completely different weight classes, Kadyrov wrote. Musk declined the offer for additional training, saying it would give him too much of an advantage. If he is afraid to fight, I will agree to use only my left hand, and I'm not even left-handed, he tweeted, signing his tweet with his newly given nickname, Elana Musk. <laughs> uh, yeah, is this the kind of, uh, is this what we live in today, where uh, World War III uh, is also being fought on the front lines of meme warfare and a sarcastic post by Elon Musk? Uh, no reports of this affecting the price of Dogecoin. Uh, although I'm sure he would be able to take wagers with Dogecoin. Isn't Putin like 80 years old? Hold on, let me find out how old Putin is. Alright, he's 69 years old. Okay, he's not as old as I thought. 69. I don't know what to think. I don't know if Elon would have a shot with uh, Putin. Last time I saw Elon, he was looking kind of soft and flabby. Anyways, that's it. Vladimir Putin versus Elon Musk. No response from Vladimir Putin, of course. All right. Next to the news, we have Mike Tyson. And uh, Mike Tyson, he, you know, he has a huge cannabis brand. And he's making ear-shaped weed gummies. Tyson 2.0 launched Mike Bites nearly 25 years after the boxer infamously bit a chunk out of Evander Holyfield's ear during a championship fight. Do you guys remember that fight? Are you guys too young for that? I remember watching that fight and it was, and you saw Mike Tyson spit out his mouthpiece, go straight for Evander Holyfield's ear and just bite the crap out of it. I'm not talking like he bit a chunk of Evander Holyfield's ear and spit it out. It was just insane. Mike Tyson is one of those guys, man. And this was later on in his career, but man, I'll tell you what, when I was a kid, there was nothing more exciting than watching Iron Mike Tyson fight, man. A lot of those matches or, you know, those bouts just going like less than a minute. He was insane. He was an insane guy. But anyways, uh, let's see. His cannabis brand just launched ear-shaped marijuana edibles nearly 25 years after he was disqualified from the World Boxing Association Heavyweight championship for biting his opponent's ears in reference to what became known as the bite fight against Evander Holyfield. Uh, Mike bite ears have a bite mark at the top of the gummy right where Tyson took off a piece of Holyfield's cartilage. The company announced the product on Tuesday on Twitter. So I'm looking at these. Yep, they're little ears with a little uh, <laughs> bite off of them. I wonder what Evander Holyfield thinks about that. It has Tyson's approval, too. Responding to a tweet about the new product, Tyson said, these ears actually taste good. Mike the cannibal. Mike the mother freaking cannibal. Well, Kanye is back in the news again. From the train wreck that nobody can look away from, which once was a tabloid magazine story now, it seems like it is overtaking uh, all the news. So apparently Trevor Noah, he went into about a 10-minute tirade last night. Uh, not a tirade, but he just started breaking down the whole Kanye West, uh, Kim Kardashian saga, Pete Davidson, the whole nine yards. And so Kanye responded back today. And of course now uh, Trevor Noah is in the crosshairs of Kanye. And what he posted, I don't even... You, somebody's going to have to interpret this because it's all... 
it was profanity laced, but I don't even know what the note, what the what the word is. So, anyways, Kanye West. Let's see. Uh, Ye was up at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to post Trevor's pick in a caption with the mocking racist lyrics. K asterisk asterisk in by my lord. K asterisk asterisk in by K asterisk asterisk in by my lord. K asterisk asterisk in by ooh lord. K asterisk asterisk in by What the fuck is that? Hold on, let me see if I can find this song. By my lord. Maybe I search it by that. By Holy crap. The song he's referencing is Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Wait a minute. That's racist? Wait, wait. What am I? Hold on. Peter, Paul, and Mary sang it for crying out loud. Kumbaya, my lord. All right. I'm, I'm looking up at this right now because I'm looking up Peter, Paul, and Mary. Apparently, they're a bunch of KKK racist fucks because... Uh, I'm, I'm reading about it right now. Like many political phrases these days, said Red Shirty Fat, because politicians were using it. Talking, you know, you, you use that saying all the time. Let's j- go join around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. You know. Uh, let's see. Kumbaya, along with the unity it represents, began to be mocked, especially by political figures and the people who covered them. The song became a sneering shorthand for blissful agreement. The word Kumbaya is believed by many music historians to be pidgin English. And the prayful plea for God to come by here. The lyrics are simple and innocent. Someone singing Lord Kumbaya or someone's crying Lord Kumbaya or someone's praying Lord Kumbaya. The song is an African-American spiritual that was collected in the 1920s from the Gullah or Geechee people of the South Carolina and Georgia coast. Uh, said Jeff Place of the Smithsonian Institute uh, Center for Folk Life and Cultural Heritage. The Gullah have uh, have always fascinated folklorists because they have kept major parts of the African language and speak in a unique English dialect to this day. The exact evolution of the song is somewhat mysterious, but Samuel J. Friedman, Samuel G. Friedman of Columbia University traced what may be the earliest recording of the song back to 1926. Okay, I'm still trying to figure out what's so racist about it. Someone's crying. Okay, it's eventually political activists latched onto the cohesive, easy to sing while swaying and locked arm in arm charisma of Kumbaya. Okay, so what I'm gathering here, to, well, okay, this is what I, this is why I find the original lyrics were not Kumbaya; it was "Come by here, my lord," and maybe the translation into Kumbaya, because it was kind of a pidgin English. Uh, that in itself is kind of like the racist aspect of it. And then when the politicians started using it a lot to mock coming together on a topic, apparently that's all that kind of piled together makes this song racist. So Kumbaya or come, uh, come by here, come by here, my Lord, come Kumbaya, my Lord. Uh, that's racist. Apparently I totally didn't know this. I didn't know this at all. Maybe I should edit this out plain pro profanity laced peter paul and mary here as we do the news uh anyways so that's kumbaya huh i can't i still don't understand why tmz edited it but whatever okay uh and then also kanye besides the trevor noah and the profanity laced lyrics of kumbaya 
Kanye West is also worried Pete Davidson will give uh, will get Kim Kardashian hooked on drugs. Yes, you heard that right. Kanye West is now concerned with Pete Davidson's influence on Kim Kardashian. The Yeezy designer went on social media. He went on a rampage. The Saturday Night Live stars uh, early Wednesday saying he is really concerned Davidson will get his ex-wife hooked on drugs. I'm really con- concerned that Skeet will get my kid's mom hooked on drugs. West captioned on an Instagram post of a follower's comment about Davidson. And the comment about Davison was uh, that he's in rehab every two months. It's unclear what made the flashing lights rapper discuss Davison's history with the drugs. As the comment he screenshotted read, the way Skeet used Kim's marital status to address Kanye was a sneak diss towards her, and she didn't even catch it. Uh, do we care about Kanye anymore? Davis, Pete Davidson, 28, has been candid about his love of marijuana, but always has maintained that he has never really done any other drugs. At one point before he was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, he thought his mental illness was a drug problem. Okay. Pete Davidson says, I've been a pothead forever. Around October or September last year, I started having these mental breakdowns where I would like freak out and then not remember what happened after blind rage. He disclosed that on uh, WTF with Mark Marin, the podcast in September of 2017. And that was right after he completed a stint rehab in Utah. Pete says, I never really did any drugs. So I was like, I'm going to try to go to rehab. Maybe that'll be helpful. So I go and get off weed. They told me they're like, you might be bipolar. One of my psychiatrists diagnosed me. Anyways, so that's in the news. Uh, Kanye's afraid that Pete Davidson, Skeet, affectionately known as Skeet, is going to get Kim Kardashian uh, hooked on drugs. And then they can sing Kumbaya around the campfire and have some fun. I don't know. All right, well, let's get into something a little more interesting than Kanye West. Cue the Russian war music. Oh, I'm not going to talk about the Russian war yet. Well, I mean, kind of in a way. Oh, man, I love these Russian war songs. I think this one's my favorite. Wait till it kicks in. Just wait for it. Anyways, there was a Russian model who trashed Putin on social media. And she called Vladimir Putin a psychopath. Well, anyways, her name was Greta Vedler. She had, uh, uh, well, I'm looking at her Instagram right now. She's hot, that's for sure. Looks like she only had about 752 followers, but it's Greta.Vedler. Uh, G-R-E-T-T-A dot V-E-D-L-E-R. Anyways, um, she called Putin a psychopath, which is not something to do when you're in a, a communist regime of Russia. And they, she's been found dead, stuffed inside a suitcase. Greta Vedler, 23, went missing a year ago. A year ago? Okay, now this is... All right, Fox, you fucking assholes, because you released this story on March 16th at 8.17 8, a.m. Okay, so you just released a story. But this bitch went missing over a year ago after her anti-Putin social media rant. But the two events do not appear to be connected. Vedler's ex-boyfriend, Dmitry Korovin, has now confessed to strangling her to death before driving 300 miles. God damn it, Fox. Before driving 300 miles to Lipstick region, abandoning the body in a boot of a car. The Daily Star reported. You know what? Fuck you, Fox, for putting up this excellent headline that said Russian model who trashed Putin on social media found dead in suitcase. 
and it's totally unrelated. Fox, you are a bunch of douchebags for make, getting me all excited about this news story. I even cued the Russian war music for this story, and it's a big crock. Son of a bitch, man. Fuck you, Fox. Well, the Senate finally passed the bill regarding time change. Now, so it has to be approved by the House, or let me see, vice versa. Let me da, 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 da. Yeah, Z Senate votes unanimously to make daylight savings time permanent. Clock switching would end in 2023 under a measure that still must pass the House and get Biden's signature before it can become law. Apparently, two-thirds of Americans want the time change nonsense to end and just permanently keep daylight savings time. Even though... A doctor testified that he wished that we, if we were going to keep one of the times, keep the standard time. But a senator from uh, Rhode Island was complaining that when people get off at 4 o'clock, it's already dark outside. I mean, it gets that way here, too, in the winter, man. When we're about 4, 4.30 in California, it's, it's getting pretty dark. Get the reference there. The dad joke of music back in time by Huey Lewis in the news. So maybe we'll see that 2023. It'll be the last time where we have to do the dreaded spring forward and wake up an hour early, which always sucks. That's my least favorite Sunday of the year. Good to see our government doing something, making headway when it comes to time change. Not like we have anything bigger to do right now. World War Three can wait. We're changing time. Back in time. There you go. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, okay. I, I referenced this earlier at the front. Not, not much to say on this, but it was uh, interesting that Denmark, now it has, it's not official right now, but they're proposing a ban on selling cigarettes to people born after 2010. So if you're 20, how old are you right now? You're 12 years old. Uh, so that's something that they're putting on the books. I think we've talked about that here too, where just cutting all cigarette sales. So basically in Denmark, if this passes, um, if you're born after 2010, you don't get to kill yourself with lung cancer. They're taking it off the table altogether. Is that, you know, does that include cigars? If it includes cigars, then I'm not for it. But if it's just cigarettes, I mean, yes, it's an overstep of government. It's legislation. If somebody wants to kill themselves, let them kill themselves. But I understand what they're trying to do. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's micromanaging your people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm against it on so many levels, but is it a good idea? 2010? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be pissed if they limited cigars though. And if I was born after 2010, I couldn't have a cigar. Yeah. F you pal. In other news, a parent is pissed because he's out trying to buy his uh, kids some books and he picks up the gay BCs, the gay BCs. Bro, they getting out of hand, bro. I'm just trying to buy my baby some books, bro. Look at this shit. A is for Alley. B is for buy. C is for coming out. D is for drag. These are children books, guys. These are children books. ML Web. You're disrespectful, bro. My kids is just trying to learn, okay? They're just trying to learn. Why are you writing books like this? Can't they just be kids and learn their regular ABCs? What is going on? Definitely still for family though. What is going equality? Like we got a lot. Gay, like G is for gay. Like we got a lot going on. 
non-binary non what what Listen, this is picture books. Oh, this is picture books. My four-year-old don't know what the fuck non-binary is. They don't know what lesbian is. Why are you writing this, ML Web? You're disrespectful. Read this shit to your own kids. Orientation. Bro, they getting out of hand. Well, apparently ML Web is pretty woke putting out this book. Uh, yeah, I was in the picture books at a local store. This parent was obviously losing his shit. Well, you know, the thing is, if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. Uh, and if nobody buys it, then it won't be a product that's uh, viable. You know, the problem that we have is, is that they create this because there are parents that are buying this that do buy into this wokeness, level of wokeness, teaching your four-year-old or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's a picture book. So it's intended for very, very young kids. D is for drag. N is for non-binary. L is for lesbian. Yeah. I mean, it, different strokes for different folks. I mean, I'm not going to buy that for my kid, but uh, obviously there's a market out there of woke parents that ML Webb, the publisher, is cashing in on. So, uh, yeah, kind of disgusting, huh? Kind of disgusting. It, it, it's not disgusting. I'm not talking. I'm not saying lesbians are disgusting. Gays are disgusting. You got to get me right on this. It's disgusting that this needs to be or somebody feels that there's or there's a segment of the population that feels that there's a need to push this on very young children. And like the father said there, you know, my my four-year-old doesn't know what non-binary is or lesbian is. They're just trying to learn their ABCs. And that's exactly right. The, the, the grossness of this is this infiltration at such a young age of these uh, woke, woke instructors, woke teachers, woke publishers that are trying to get this in front of children's, very young children's eyes. I don't understand the motivation for that, but to me, it's sick, it's twisted, it's corrupted, and it's not appropriate. And so that's when you get into the whole thing of like this book right here, this is something that would fall under DeSantis in Florida, where he's saying that you cannot teach that between, you know, four and seven-year-olds in Florida schools, that we're not going to get into drag, non-binary, and all this other kind of stuff in the literature or, or from the teacher. And that's the fact that we have to have a law in place to make this so that the common sense isn't out there enough just to limit it on our own is ridiculous, but it's out there. And so here's the gay BC's book that you can, if you're woke, if you're ultra woke, you can pick up for your children. Uh, just Google ML web. That's the publisher. Well, I've got a LAPD and a California highway patrol story. The California highway patrol one is pretty gruesome because basically it's exactly what happened to George Floyd, but it happened before George Floyd. And it also, it was just released to the public here recently. But let me go to the first story. The first story is about LAPD on a foot chase with a guy chasing him down as he was holding a 10-month-old baby. Uh, they tackle him to the ground. Baby's head goes smack into the ground, immediately starts crying and ends up with a fractured skull. Now, the cops are twisting this saying, well, we don't know if the if the fractured skull came from the fall or from the car accident that happened previously. But anyways, Los Angeles Police Department on Sunday released new body cam footage showing an officer tackling a pursuit suspect carrying a 10-month-old baby who suffered a skull fracture. The incident unfolded around 11.21 p.m. February 11th when gang enforcement officers near 55th Street in Long Beach Avenue in South L.A., spotted a silver Jeep Wrangler with tinted windows driving erratically. Isn't driving erratically, isn't that what they always throw in there? Like, well, why'd you pull him over? Well, he was driving erratically. <coughs> and he had tinted windows, so we're going to break a motherfucker's skull. Anyways, 
LAPD Captain Stacy Spell said in a video released by the department, when police drove towards the vehicle, the driver sped off and then crashed into a large flatbed truck. Video shows damage to the Jeep's side following the crash. The, as officers approached, the suspect drove off, kick-starting an 11-minute pursuit, according to Spell. The chase continued until the suspect stopped the car, got out, and started running away from the officers. Officers chased the man, later identified as 25-year-old Josue Hereta. Yeah, I'm struggling with that last name. Anyways, uh, let's see. He takes off running into a neighborhood. On the camera, you can hear the uh, officer saying, I got him, I got him, I got him. One officer could be heard saying in body-worn camera footage as he ran past other officers and towards the fleeing suspect. The officer caught up to the man and used his body weight to take him down onto the grass. The officer yells, stop, police, stop, before tackling the man to the ground, video shows. As he hits the ground, the sound of a baby's cry is heard. The father said, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to take him home. The officer responds as another picks up the child. Officers claim they didn't know that Josue was holding a baby. Of course they didn't. Unbeknownst to any officer, the suspect was holding a 10-month-old infant, according to the captain. Officers were immediately able to pick up the infant and secure him. Josue, who is the father, who is the infant's father, was taken into custody. Police said he was not injured. The child was taken to a local hospital where he was treated for a small skull fracture to the right side of his head. The infant also tested positive for cocaine and fentanyl, according to LAPD. He was admitted to the hospital before being released to his mother. The cause of the child's injury has not been determined. However, the incident is being investigated as a categorical use of force incident because the force used cannot be ruled out as a cause of the injury. Well, LAPD Chief Michael Moore previously told a civilian oversight panel that doctors could not definitively identify the source of the injury, whether it was the result of the tackle or the vehicle collision or something else. Uh, yeah, that's 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 playing a pretty damn good defense there. Pretty damn good defense. I mean, cops are going to do what cops are going to do, and they're going to play defense on a story like that, that's for sure. That's kind of pathetic. But let's go to the second story. Now, this second story, I actually have a video for it. Now, remember, this is pre-George pre Floyd, okay? Um, let's see, this, this video is kind of long, but I think I'm just going to play it in its entirety so we can... Uh, dissect it later. Okay, so we actually have the full 17-minute unedited video. I'm going to let it roll, and I'm going to describe to you what's going on. So they, Highway Patrol has a guy. They lay him down on a mat, it appears, next to the Highway Patrol vehicle. He's on his knees, hands handcuffed behind him. Get a chair. Shit, you're really going to do this? That was, that, was, that was the last time. If you resist, if you even... If, about my blood. It's a court about? order. It's a court order. It's your choice. Okay. How, how serious is this? This is serious. Why? For officers to fucking force me to do this? Really? You can just provide it and still say you don't consent. That's fine. You're bringing the fight to this, not us. I'm not fighting it. So obviously what's going on is there is a court mandated that he was had to give a blood sample. And the CHP, Otherwise, for some reason, is the, the one taking this into their... 
underneath their jurisdiction. So they've got him handcuffed on his knees. The guy's acting like he's drunk a little bit. He doesn't say, he doesn't sound completely sober, but obviously he doesn't want to give his blood. There's three officers on him. They take him. Now there's four officers on him. They push him down onto the ground, face first on his stomach. And there we go with the knees on the back of his neck. Still on his neck. Just relax and stop resisting. Let me breathe. Let me breathe. Let me breathe. Stop moving. The more you move, the worse it's going to be, bro. I push it right there. I can't breathe. I can't. You push it. You can literally hear him running out of oxygen. One of the officers says he's actually turning purple. Are you gonna see it? Are you gonna see it? Everyone. One officer's still on his back. I mean, there's like four officers holding him down, but the one guy with his knee in the, his back is still on him. Pretty hard to watch. Some nurse is actually taking the blood out of his arm. One nurse is feeling for a pulse on his arm right now. Doesn't he keeps searching around his wrist looking for a pulse? The officer has got off his neck. And the thing that this video goes on for 17 minutes, they pull him up. He's totally unconscious. Nobody administers CPR. Nobody does anything to revive this guy other than just setting him up. The nurse or the medic is still working on withdrawing the blood. Officers are off his back. He's totally unconscious. You don't see his chest moving at all. He's face first down on this pad next to a patrol car. medic is checking for pulse on his wrist now checking for a pulse on his neck he keeps checking he's not feeling anything it's 
still checking for a pulse. Slapping him in his face, trying to get him to wake up. Wake him up. Hey, wake up. Hey! He's up. He's not breathing. The officer said that, but he's not breathing. The medic's still checking for a pulse. It's not there. Sure, you got a pulse on him. The officer holding the camera says, "Make sure you got a pulse on him." Medics checking for pulse again. Slapping his face. Fast forward this a little bit. It's when they start moving him around. Anyways, this was before George Floyd. Are we going to hear about this in the news? It's still playing in the background. He's just there. He's dead on the ground. They had their knee forced into his back once again. Well, not once again. This is prior to George Floyd. I'm sure it's a technique that they've used many times. And it just straight up kills this guy. And what happens here is when they eventually flip him over and sit him up, now he's sitting up. I mean, he's totally lifeless. He's totally dead. Nobody's doing CPR. Nobody's doing nothing. They're all just standing around. The medic comes back with something with a blood pressure cuff on him. Are there going to be protests over this? I don't know. The guy's... uh. The guy looks like he's uh, Edward Bronstein. He looks like he's like, he looks Italian or something. I don't know. He's a white guy. I don't know. Pretty pathetic. Pretty hard to watch. But keep in, keep in uh, your ear to the grinding stone. Keep your ear to the news and see if Edward Bronstein comes up in a lot of talk uh, here recently. Because this is a guy that was murdered in CHP custody uh, because he was refusing to give blood after a DUI a court ordered uh blood sample and yeah he was fighting it he was fighting it but when he started saying i can't breathe uh, nobody did anything else different about it you could actually hear the wind as he just couldn't catch a breath anymore and him just just dying there on camera something's got to change man yeah there they are here we are we're we're minutes into this we're uh, 11 minutes into this, they're still slapping him, trying to wake him up. They're putting the flashlight in his eyes. He's gone, man. He's just gone. So almost 12 minutes into it, that's the first time an officer says, go get the ADD, the defibrillator. Eyes are open. Eyes are not open. The guy pulled the eyes open to check it with a light. And they stuck open. What's he on? 
Narcs? Okay. Still, no CPR, no nothing. They have the defibrillator there, but they're not using it. And yeah, uncuff him. Watch his head. Everybody just keeps filling his neck for a pulse. He's pissed his pants. Man, it's so hard to watch. I'm going to put the link in the title of the show so you guys can watch it yourselves. Uh, but anyways, man, I got to stop this. Anybody have oxygen? It's hard to look away. I know I have a lot of dead air, and I'm just watching it. One officer's asking to see if they have any oxygen. I did fast forward this and at 15 minutes they uh they allegedly well i mean not allegedly i'm watching it at 15 minutes they start to do chest compressions on him and do some cpr but he's he's long gone by then uh, they have an oxygen sensor on his finger and it's reading like 21 or something like that it's just there's nothing there mm. that is uh horrible i mean one thing that this shows is that this isn't this is a problem this is a problem in procedure it's a problem in procedure with law enforcement agencies um, I understand high stress and all that kind of stuff, but this is the second example or maybe the third where a knee in the back really did cause somebody not to be able to breathe and, uh, die from suffocation. And I don't think it has anything to do with the color of the person that is underneath the knee. It's a, it's, 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 it's a victim that was a criminal. This guy was definitely a criminal driving drunk DUI and uh, looked like he was still drunk and they got a court ordered uh, blood sample to come out of this guy but at the same time even if he is a drunk guy even if he is a murderer he still has right to a trial right to everything else and his life cannot be taken before that and that's the thing and it, I, it really doesn't have anything to do with the color of the perp it's just george floyd happened to be black and this guy happened to be white it's uh pathetic it's pathetic something needs to change in the system of how uh what restraints are allowed to be used and I know now it's going to be a war cry for every person that gets handcuffed and put on the ground that they're going to be saying that they can't breathe and then the cops are going to have to do something. I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is. I just know that this right here, watching a guy die, watching that and listening to that audio of this guy dying, that is harsh. That is very, very, very harsh. Well, I'm not too sure how to segue this, but into these, uh, this video came out with Zelensky speaking to the, um, it doesn't say who the group was, uh, but it was a big group that was going on, and Zelensky was there on video, and he was speaking out, and he did speak in English, so here's the audio from that. In the end, to sum it up, today, today it's not enough to be the leader of the nation. Today it takes to be the leader of the world, being 
The leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Peace in your country doesn't depend anymore only on you and your people. It depends on those next to you, on those who are strong. Strong doesn't mean weak. Strong is brave and ready to fight for the life of his citizens and citizens of the world, for human rights, for freedom, for the right to live decently and to die when your time comes and not when it's wanted by someone else, by your neighbor. Today, the Ukrainian people are defending not only Ukraine, we are fighting for the values of Europe and the world, sacrificing our lives in the name of the future. That's why today the American people are helping not just Ukraine, but Europe and the world to keep the planet alive, to keep justice in history. Now I'm almost 45 years old. Today my age stopped when the hearts of more than 100 children stopped beating. I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the death. And this is my main mission as the leader of my people, great Ukrainians. And as the leader of my nation, I am addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine. Well, it appears that Zelensky isn't the only one calling on Biden to do something. Uh, also, Representative Daryl Issa, a uh, direct quote for him was, there is no substitute for presidential action, and Biden has been a bystander long enough. Uh, so that was a quote from him because he's calling for Biden to take a stand on Ukraine, the energy and inflation crisis facing Americans right now. And he claims that Biden's just sitting around doing nothing. So you got Zelensky calling on Biden. You've got uh, representatives calling on Biden. And uh, Biden is out there wearing his Ray-Bans, eating ice cream. Uh, it's really pathetic that, you know, the, the thing is, is when we elected Biden, we did elect Biden into the leader of America, which is, you know, commonly known as leader of the free world. And the leader of the free world needs to step up and get some, uh, uh, take some action. Got to do something. Got to do something. Anyway, so oil has uh, suffered a, spectac a spectac spectacular drop in price, and it enters a beer bear market just five days after settling at a nearly 14-year high. Oil prices are down over 20% from the highest levels, uh, and why aren't we seeing a break at the pump? Well, the collapse has been spectacular. Uh, that, that was a market analyst said from Think Markets. On Tuesday, the front of month April West Texas, Texas Intermediate Crude Futures contract uh, fell $6.57 or 6.4% to settle at 96.44 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. That's down 22% from the March 8th settlement of $123.70. So oil prices are down 22%, but how come we are not seeing it at the pump? Okay. And isn't that a great question to ask? 
Well, apparently the answer is that there is a lag between changes in oil prices and changes in prices at the pump. And that lag is even slower when prices come down, of course, right? Uh, when the price of oil starts to rise, you'll see gas prices rise a few days later as stations pass on that hike as quickly as possible to avoid losing money. A big spike in crude oil prices is typically followed by a gas price spike three to five days later, explained Patrick DeHaan, and he's a lead petroleum analyst for Gas Buddy. When crude oil prices start to fall, though, gas stations might not be in as big of a rush to cut the prices. Essentially, gas stations often take losses when oil prices rise so quickly because it cannot dramatically increase pump prices due to local competition. Uh, that was according to Nicole Peterson, a Gas Buddy spokesman. When oil prices drop, stations take a little bit more time to lower prices and to recoup any losses taken when oil prices rose quickly. So there's still a big incentive for gas stations to cut prices, though, to steal away customers from their competitors. Uh, so basically, what goes up fast doesn't come down that fast at all, according to some analysts from GasBuddy.com. So the reason? Greed. They need to get their money back for some money that they potentially could have lost when the prices uh, spiked. So it should we should see, according to this, an eventual 22% reduction um, because the crude oil is coming down in prices, but that's why not, we're not seeing it yet. Uh, so it's all in friendly competition and one station will lower its price. The competitor will lower its price. You know, it's all, they've got to lower their prices, but it's going to be a slow drawn out process. I don't see any estimates of how long this typically takes. Fox news had on Senator Bill Haggerty, uh, who was also commenting on the, uh, energy chick. I forget her name. Uh, but this is an interesting little clip here. Check this out. Let's see if I can get this plan. Not done with this energy secretary Granholm um, because she was before she was running away from reporters today. She made clear that she sees high gas prices as an opportunity. Watch. We are on the cusp of the most important transition that human society has ever seen, and I hope that we'll look back on 2022 as the year that the world took giant steps to improve energy security and to tackle climate change. Senator, this isn't about making cars or fuel more affordable, is it, really? No, I don't think so at all. They talk about going electric. We don't have the ability to go electric. We need Russia, we need China to provide the raw materials for that. What they're doing is they're going to Venezuela and Maduro. They're thinking about maybe announcing that Iran will come to our rescue and release more oil into the markets. They want dirty oil from countries that are international killers they will not deal with American drillers. Boom. There you have it. We don't have the uh, we don't have the infrastructure to even support charging all these electric cars. They already had an electric car. So this is just a far cry. I mean, I, I guess the energy officer, what's her name? Secretary of Energy is she's saying that, you know, this could be a step towards that. But then, you know, where are we going to get the oil? We're going to go to these murderous countries while our oil workers here in the United States are sitting on the bench out of work. It just doesn't make sense. But then again, what makes sense about this government? Well, this has been Jake with Radio Underland. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions or comments, you can hit me up at jake at radiounderland.com. Email me with any questions, comments, etc. Uh, heavy news day, man. Heavy news day. Anyways, I will talk to you guys later. You guys be good. Be good humans. Be good to each other. Keep your neck off somebody's, your knee off somebody's neck. Enough of that crap. I'll see you later. I'll find that when I look.